This is Evan Turek from the Free Buddhist Network. Today we bring you the first episode of a brand new show of the network, the 80s Geek Out Podcast. In this episode, the hosts sit down and talk about some of the awesome toys that were produced in support of Star Wars. We hope you enjoy the show. into the very first episode of Ego, the 80s Geek Out podcast. My name is Ian Clark, and I am going to be joined on this travel back in time by the R2-D2 to my C-3PO, Mr. A. Bradford Anderson. Brad, how are you? I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. I'm super excited to start this podcast. Uh, we've been... Actually, we haven't even been talking about it that long. It, just, it no. seems like it came together pretty quickly, but I'm, it, I'm super excited. It did, yeah. I'm very excited about this. So what we are going to do, what this podcast is going to be, is an 80s geek out. We are, Brad and I, both uh, children of the 80s, born in the 70s. We're both in our 40s, but uh, I think we were kind of in that sweet spot for for like when the 80s hit age-wise because um, – you know, I was born in 73, so I, I turned seven in 80, but obviously when it started, I was only six, so old enough to remember everything, right. old enough to be into, you know, cartoons and toys and, and all that type of stuff. So I, I think we're really in kind of that sweet spot for, for the 80s, uh, all the goodness that came in the 80s. I absolutely agree. I mean, it was very fortunate. You know, I look back in time and I compared to how things could have been prior to versus where we are now and I think landing and I, I all I can do is thank my parents for deciding <laughs> let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh and and what the show is gonna be is we're gonna take sometimes it'll be a little broader topic, sometimes it'll be very specific, like it might be a movie that we do a deep dive on. Uh tonight starting off we're gonna do Star Wars uh toys, which were near and dear to both of our hearts. And obviously we're not even breaking our rules. I wanna say that we're <laughs> because they even though the Star Wars toys started in the seventies, really the front of them were, were in the 80s and uh, so and obviously that's when when we remember the most out of them so but if we do a movie it'll be specifically between 1980 and 89 you know music um, uh, any of that type of stuff the comic books or whatever it is that we get into talking about it'll, it'll be very specifically 80s centric so that's that's what the show is going to be and it's uh and we're picking things that we love so I, I think it'll be a very positive uh, podcast uh, throughout so that's my hope it will be Awesome. So a little bit of history on Brad and I. It's kind of an interesting thing that we're doing this podcast because uh, Brad and I have known each other since seventh grade. Um, probably first day. We must have been in the same homeroom, right? Because I think so. With Anderson the, the, and Clark. The way they alphabetized yeah. the names back then, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely in all the same classes in seventh grade. I do remember that. Um, and you know what? So this is funny. I, I don't even know if I've ever told you this. I don't know if it was fairly early on, but one of the earliest memories I have connected to you is thinking, okay, I'm, I, I, this guy's, this guy's probably on my wavelength because you had done a diorama, one of the little shoebox dioramas, and you're nodding your head. Do you remember yes, what it is? I, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I think it was on Beowulf. <laughs> I, I yes. may be mistaken on that. It was and on Beowulf. <laughs> tell the listeners what you had in your diorama. Okay. Well, as I recall, I'm trying to remember the, the specifics of the figures. It may have been a hybrid of Clash of the Titans figures. <laughs> I think there may have been Perseus and then whoever his whoever played opposite Harry Hamlin in the movie, the action figure who had the helmet. And I want to say, did I, was there, I know the, my Star Wars Wampa was used 
<laughs> from multiple dioramas back then. And it actually got lost at between seventh and eighth grade. And I think it ended up in the school library on the top shelf collecting dust. And by the time getting out of eighth grade, I was like, I never picked this up. And I think it was on the top shelf, grabbed the diorama, had like about an inch or two's worth of dust because they clearly weren't cleaning up there. But the uh, the uh, Wampa figure uh, from Star Wars Kenner was actually still intact with a bare head modification of, uh, I think it was paper mache, uh, as I recall, if memory serves correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not remember the Wampa part of it, but I, I totally remembered the Clash of the Titans thing. And I, I, and I yeah. never had the Clash of the Titans figures, so I was like, I was like all right, this, this dude's probably all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the funny thing is, again, with doing this podcast, is that, like Brad and I have known each other since seventh grade, but we and, and we're friends in high school and everything, but after high school, really did not have any communication until uh, the, the wonders of Facebook. And I think um, even more so than my wife and other family members, I don't think there's anyone I interact with more post-wise and comments-wise than, than your posts. So, uh, <laughs> I try to entertain and, and stay connected with all people around the globe, especially on the East Coast, my, where my roots are. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we should mention, too, is I'm in New Hampshire and uh, Brad's in California, so um, we, we're dealing with the time difference, but I think we're going to make that work, too. So, But it was funny, I... I other, you know, if you listen to this network, you know uh, the Nerd Herders probably, and and Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, two other podcasts that I do on the Freebooters Network. Uh, I wanted to do another one. This is very similar in some ways to Nerd Herders, except that on on that one we talk about a lot of other stuff too. But uh, we, because there's four of us now, and, and just scheduling, we're rarely able to record that. So I kind of wanted to do something a little more specific to the '80s, and I was thinking about. I was like, all right. Uh, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Dungeons and Dragons, music. Brad checks all these boxes. So, <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to just ask when either either it's going to be a no thank you or or what I hope is an enthusiastic yes. And I, I think I got an all caps fuck yes. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, so so that's kind of how this came together. And um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do this. So uh, I thank you, Brad, for, for joining me on this. And I'm super excited. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I think that's about, I mean, background wise, the, I don't think we need to get into too much because I think as the show goes along, people are going to get a lot of like that type of stuff from us just because. Yeah. Historical just, connectors. Yeah. Exactly. So many of these things are are rooted in very specific memories and times, and and things like that for us. So um, that's that's what this show is going to be a lot about is just reminiscing and us talking about stuff that we really love. And uh, so we thought we thought the Star Wars action figures and toys and and ships and everything from Kenner would be a great starting point because that's such a touchstone for for so many people. So well, I guess we'll just do a quick overview. I don't want to get too deep into the historical part of it. And there's some great um, documentaries and short form type stuff that, that's out there. Did you see the toys that made us, uh, Brad, on Netflix? Did you see those? I did uh, multiple times. And, <laughs> and I noticed there were things that I did, in fact, miss <laughs> from, uh, from, that, from that period. But it's uh, super informative. I'm really glad they put that together. And, you know, kind of reflecting for a moment on the the G.I. Joe history when they did that portion of it and like the the 12 inch G.I. Joes, because I had a few of those back in the day. But it's always nice to kind of see uh, the history, the drama, the ups, the downs, the go out of business, the kind of come back thing. So it's quite remarkable how they have 
weathered time from then till now. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, if, if you want a real deep dive on the actual historical stuff for, for Kenner, um, for G.I. Joe, for Star Wars, for they've done a bunch of them now. The Toys That Made Us is great, and there are some other documentaries. So we're, we're not going to try and get into that territory, but uh, just did at least want to talk about, you know, Kenner. Kenner was one of the few. It was, well, obviously the only company that actually took the license. George Lucas had a hard time even selling the license, which is, of course, unfathomable now. Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> so, so many billions of dollars later. But uh, so Kenner took it. But the, the crazy thing is Kenner was not ready for the hype and the craziness that the movie caused and famously did not have the toys ready for Christmas and sold right. an empty box called the uh, the Early Bird Special or uh, Early Bird – I can't remember what it was, but it was Early Bird something. And it right. came with like a certificate so that you would be sent the first four figures, which were uh, Luke, Leia, R2, and Chewie. But just that, the balls on that to – can you imagine someone trying to sell an empty box today? It's insane. No, although, as we both know, as collectors of varying toys and what have you, you know, boxes mean everything. But yeah. especially back in the day, you know, receiving a, you know, a voucher uh, to get <laughs> what was coming, you know, obviously that builds the anticipation. Kids are waiting there anxiously waiting for that mailbox, the mail, mail, mailman to come and be able to get those and open them up with wonder and awe. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. I remember, I remember sending away for stuff, just not even something like that that you didn't even know when it was coming, but just the whole the whole six to eight weeks thing you had to wait for as a kid yeah, was crazy. Right. Where you just, yo, I'm sorry, yeah, and, and and kind of even back in the day, you know, you're going on the hope that what you send out or what you pay for <laughs> is actually going to show up because you know we 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 do want to put some faith in the USPS to deliver stuff to us, but. You know what's the what's to say that a toy that your order of you know five thousand orders never makes it? How you know it's not like the internet where you can file a I never got my uh, never got the <laughs> toy. Can you send a replacement? It's a lot of dialogue and uh, through email through regular mail and possibly a phone call to their customer service. So. Yeah, and it wasn't even – like back then, a lot of times it wasn't even money except for shipping and handling. It was like proofs of purchase and stuff, which were worth, their, <laughs> they were worth their weight in gold because you, you had to buy figures to get them. Right. Yeah, so that was kind of a strange thing that they did. Obviously, it worked out, but that's so crazy to think that they uh, they were not able to, to actually have them in time for Christmas. And then they came out shortly after. I actually remember – and I wanted to ask you this. Do you remember your first Star Wars action figure? Which one it was? I want to say it was one. It was either the Luke Skywalker figure in the standard white outfit with the yeah. yellow lightsaber, yeah. or it was Luke Skywalker. Actually, I think it may have been Luke Skywalker in his X-wing outfit with the oh, helmet, okay. orange outfit, yeah. the white helmet, the goggles. I think it was one of those two. And I remember my parents had given this to me as a kind of a treat as we were flying. Uh, on a trip, I think we were flying to maybe the Virgin Islands or whatnot, and I got to open it on the plane, and I ended up losing his little pistol on the <laughs> plane. So figure and cardboard backing and, and plastic packaging all arrived, uh, and but yet gun ended up somewhere on the floor or between the seats on an airplane <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> That's that's funny because I actually have a similar story about uh, I've I've never forgotten this. When I was a kid, I was very lucky that um, I was I was the only grandchild for a long time until I was like probably twelve or so, uh, and I was uh, my grandmother spoiled me. She took care of me very well with um, 
G.I. Joe and Star Wars and everything, she would buy me every week. She would go to the grocery store. And this was back when the grocery store, you could buy action yeah. figures at, which yes, was crazy. <laughs> but she she was so good. She would buy me a figure, maybe not every week, but pretty f- frequently. And right. she kept one of the backs and she would cross off which oh, figures oh. she got me. So she never got me duplicates or anything. Right. I remember her getting me the Jawa. Nice. I opened the Jawa who has... Uh, the only figure to ever come with that, it's like his ion blaster that he zaps yes. R2 with in the movie. Yes. The right. only figure to come with that, I remember opening it opening it in my grandmother's uh, kitchen and the blaster flying out and going <laughs> somewhere under the fridge, under the stove. Uh-huh. Never found it. So found I never, tragedy right there. <laughs> <laughs> I never had that stupid Jawa <laughs> blaster. Um I do remember my first figure was Luke. It was the the Luke in the white outfit with the like you mentioned the the yellow lightsaber that came out of the arm. Right. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing too that they went with yellow. Uh, I don't I don't know if I've ever heard an explanation for right. for why they right. did that. Yeah, because because Ben's was blue. Maybe yeah. just to make them different. I don't know. Yeah, I that's a that's a really good point. I, I I don't think I've ever seen any literature why they leaned in that direction. Maybe because his hair in the on the on the figure was yellow, which kind yeah. of matched the thing. Maybe th- there was some sort of connection between keeping it regular between the two. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they did that. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, the 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 Luke in the best pin fatigues that came out for Empire, the right. when they replaced it with like the kind of a standard stick, you know, type of lightsaber that could fit in the figure's hand, yeah. that was yellow too. Yes, it was yellow. Yeah, I wonder. I bet there's a reasoning behind it. But um, yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember getting Luke, and I, I remember pretty early on, you know, which ones I got in what order. Then it kind of blurs together. But um, right. it's funny you mentioned the um, the Luke X-wing one because, and you even mentioned the goggles. The goggles yeah. always confused me as a kid because they're they're like just little black ovals. Right, peeking out of the helmets, and the face doesn't look like Luke. Well, the the face, none of them look really look like him. Right, right. It, it looked like someone with black hair. That's I always used it as another pilot. <laughs> Me too. When when I was finally able to get a second one, and then I had actually a team. Uh, I don't think I actually ever referred to either of them as Luke. I knew it was Luke on the packaging, but like you said, the face was not the least bit close to structure wise of what you know the the Luke figure from the like you said the best spin and uh the white uh tattooing outfit that he had. Yeah. Um and uh oh, I, I had another thought there. I'll I'll have to circle back to it because I lost it. But it, it was something about that about the um all the different uh options that you had for the you know obviously they made so many different versions of the of the iconic ones and it's funny too because i know they kept re-releasing them but if you think about it like c-3po r2 r2 they made with like the sensor scope and stuff like that but like yes. chewy c-3po i guess they made the c-3po that comes apart but but i don't think they ever made another chewy for any reason because i mean there's there was no reason to right so uh, I, I wanted to talk about some of the exclusive stuff too. I don't I don't know if you I did I had a lot of stuff, but I by no means had everything, um, and I I did not have any of the the there were two kind of significant exclusive items that came out in the early days. Um, one was the Cantina set from Sears. Did did you have that? I did have the Cantina set. You did with the blue it, snaggletooth. With the blue snaggletooth. Oh yes, um, and it had. Because I think there are different versions. I think there well, are some that didn't come with figures and some that actually, did. I didn't have the blue snaggletooth because I, I, from what I gather, that one is like a rare as a albino elephant now. <laughs> um, 
but I did have the Cantina set, which was it's it's funny because it you know had the the kind of the desert colors, and the one thing that kind of bothered me about it most is like the Cantina band. I know they I, at some point may have re- released characters, but at least on the backboard, which was the cardboard that all major uh, of the playsets had, it kind of curved around. They were actually not. Uh, figures. It was just a background on the playset, so you get right. to stick the figures on, but you didn't actually have them as actual figures to play with. So I, they may have. I don't recall. I'm trying to think. Those are ones. If they did come out with them, I never had the the the, uh, the Cantina band, and then the 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 singer. What was the singer's name? Well, there wasn't a singer in. Uh, there wasn't Jabba's Palace. There wasn't one in the Cantina, though. Okay. All right. I'm trying to recall. She was- kind of. Size Snood- Noodles was the like the one with the long snout. And- yes, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. from Jabba's Palace. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and you're right about the so the the playsets were kind of crazy because they were like a molded piece of plastic with some action features on them. Like you could stick the you know figures feet in the pegs and, right. and like move them around or, or Han could shoot Greedo or whatever. Um, but yeah, they had like a cardboard backdrop, which is kind of. I don't know. It's uh, in some ways you think about it. It's like, all right, I, they're kind of trying to give you more more value because you're getting like you know more able to to kind of involve yourself and immerse yourself in the world. But at the same right. time, it's super cheap, and you can't imagine them doing something like that nowadays. Either. No, because that that, that would be uh, you know taking a, a hu- huge uh, cutting a corner doing something like that. Yeah, but those playsets were great. I mean, did, so the other one, it wasn't a playset. The other exclusive I was talking about, I, I want to, I do want to get back to the playsets, but I just did wonder, did you have, um, so JCPenney had like a, it was called a Sonic Land Speeder, and it was like a remote controlled one. I didn't have that one either. I remember the catalog from JCPenney, <laughs> and I remember, you know, uh, there was several, there was a service merchandise catalog, there was a yep. JCPenney's catalog, and those things were, you know, thick as Bibles, and I would always, when they would come out and we get the mail to the house, go right to the toy section and look at all the things that I did have, things that I wanted, and things that probably I was never going to be able to get my hands on. But uh, I do recall uh, seeing that specific toy and all the, you know, the beautiful children that they're using as <laughs> right. child models yeah, and, and their glowing features, you know, playing with these toys in, in real time on the page. I was very jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I never had that. I don't think I knew anyone that had that one either. Um, that one seemed to be kind of an elusive one. I, I think that one's fairly valuable now, as as I'm, most of this stuff is. I'm but, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you, too, what you thought about, like, the um, – so, so a lot of the early stuff came with kind of um, – they, they went away from it a little later, but – the what was your thought on the on the capes the vinyl capes I I, I hated them because I'm glad we're discussing this because uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was a very sore spot they always ripped at the armpits yes <laughs> um and because I know you know more modern action figures now involve cloth and it's much more you can remove them they that they either go on much they they kind of suit and complement the action figure way better now than they used to back in the you know in the late seventies early eighties. And very frustrating because Darth Vader's, Ben Kenobi's, Leia's, they all ripped. And it's not like you could right away to get a replacement. You would either have to buy another action figure. Or in some cases, I remember using uh, uh, tape to repair it. And that (laughs) basically kind of, I don't want to say dumbed it down, but certainly took away from the aesthetic of uh, having a complete action figure that looks cool and, and cared for, and now you're playing with a, a figure that has tears in it because it was the cape was definitely, as we can both probably agree, way too tight for the action figures, for the arm yes. that's not poseable. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to be a badass knight of the Sith uh, when you have tape on your cape. It's, it's... <laughs> tape on your cape. <laughs> yeah, I and for me, I took off. Uh, I took. A, I I just did not even bother with the ones for Leia and Obi Wan because she's wearing her dress and he's wearing his Jedi robes. But yes. the Vader one, you really couldn't take off because he just looked silly. He looked it. neutered without it. I mean, completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with you on, on Leia and Ben, certainly that you could get away with it. They could function properly in a, you know, figurine setting, you know, if you're dialoguing between figures, but Vader, it just looked awkward without that cape. Yeah. And, and, and the, you know, when you, if you raise the cape, the back of it up to the back of his head, he looked more ominous than when it was yeah. folded down. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> Tuscan Raider. The the that was another yes. one. I, I took it off because it's like he's wearing what he's wearing in the movie. Exactly. I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> and that actually that's one of the more rare uh, having to do with the capes. One of the more rare figures is the vinyl cape Jawa. Um, I guess apparently they so the early run came with a, a small cape that the Jawa had on, and I guess Kenner felt like because it was a smaller figure, people might feel like they were getting ripped off to pay the same price. So then right. they made the the cloth like overcoat cloth. that went on, right. which was kind of silly because again he's wearing, you know, what they're wearing in it, and it covers right. up the cool. They had like straps and bandoliers yes. and stuff that you cover yeah, up. Yeah, and that was kind of an interesting choice that they made. But uh, yeah, I, I hated those cloth games. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about too was the the lightsabers, like the the ones that slid out of the arm. It was kind of a cool idea. But um, and then again, another talking about another rare figure is the early ones came with like an extra piece that even telescoped further out that like would easily break. And then they they replaced that with just like a thinner, almost like whip type of piece of but those like it was cool. But I remember I think I cut the the smaller piece off you because say, you cut the tip off. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Be, I mean, because I it wasn't. Thing. It wasn't like it didn't look like a lightsaber. It looked yeah. like it because it would bend and and so right. I decided having a shorter lightsaber was better than having a flaccid lightsaber. Exactly. <laughs> as most people will tell you, but uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a cool idea, like because it almost like mimicked the the saber igniting and stuff. But right. it just execution wise, it just wasn't quite right. But it's it was a very cool idea. Right, and I and I liked when they came out with the. Uh, Empire Strikes Back line with when they actually had the actual sword in the hand, which was a little closer to what I think, you know, you know, emulated what was in the film versus, you know, kind of the 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 automatic, you know, you pushed it out of the, you know, the arm and, you know, have it just kind of uh, I re- actually remember commercials of the, of the, of, the, of the kids dueling with them and, and having the, yeah. the, the lightsaber out of the hand and you know kids being somewhat gentle with their figures. <laughs> right. But I actually was more appreciative when they when the next line came out with like what we were talking about earlier, um, Bespin Luke when he actually had the handheld lightsaber in addition to the pistol. So you kind of got two weapons that were more um, akin to what was in the film versus you know what um, they were kind of you know kind of working with based on the original characters. Yeah, and that that actually that's a good point. That was another thing that bothered me about that Luke having that because it's it was molded to his hand, and then right. the other hand they didn't even make open to put a gun in, which actually no. would have worked because I, I think Mark Hamill's a lefty, so that would have worked. But but you could never have that. And and if you think about it, in the movie he uses the saber for 
briefly when he's training on the Falcon, and then the rest right. of the time he's shooting blasters. So right. that always bothered me too. Um, and and I just I thought of something I had not thought of in years when we were talking about this. I would take I would take out the the ones that like extended through the arm, and I would put in a um, a cocktail toothpick, an appropriately colored <laughs> cocktail toothpick would jam yes. right in there perfectly. Yes. And was the right size and color. So that's now, what I went with. But are you talking about cocktail toothpick or are you talking about the cocktail swords? No, that? not the swords. Not okay. the, that would have worked too. Yes. Um, but yeah, just the toothpick, you could actually yeah. fit right in the, the open end right. there and it and it looked it looked good. So yeah. yeah, that's what I would use. And it was way more durable. Right. So yeah. <laughs> and if you you know, if you needed a, a martini, you uh you had it at the ready. It was, it was, it was ready. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they it was kind of neat because, I mean, if you think about it, they did some really innovative things. And, and even the size itself, I know, like, there's the story of, like, them just, you know, asking what size it was going to be. And, and whoever, like, CEO at Kenner just kind of holding his fingers up or whatever. But it's not like there weren't figures that size because there was, like, adventure people and, and that type of stuff. Right. But doing that size allowed them to do all the awesome ships and, and things like that that they could actually right. fit in. And and it was also one of the first times I remember uh, – mail away action figures and it was the boba fett was the first one yes did you send away for it i did not i, I, don't, I don't i remember did. Oh, now, did. i did and i and this was as, as if memory serves correct i think this one was this the one that actually had the the rocket oh, fire yes they never actually released one to the public that had the right. rocket firing one because they identified that it was going to be too much of a hazard in yeah. the interim but i did do the UPCs uh, send away for the Boba Fett uh, figure back in the day? Yeah, it's weird because I don't like. I have a lot of memory of about a lot of stuff. I don't remember that being an option, but I, I just remember getting Boba Fett when uh, when Empire came out. But I, I don't remember the the mail away part of it. And um, yeah, again, we we were talking a little bit about the rare figures. The the prototypes for the rocket firing fat are among the most um, sought after ones. Yeah, the coveted ones. Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah I don't I don't I don't know how I missed that as a as a mail away or maybe I maybe it was one of those things where I saw it because it was on the packaging um yes. as it was leading up you know when they were putting out more you know the original figures but they were putting them out with new packaging and everything uh and maybe it was because I didn't know who it was maybe I didn't you know maybe that's what it was but I I do not remember that at all right right but it was cool that they did it like that was and it was kind of a way for them to build excitement for for empire right. too especially up. you know at any given point in the year when you know when they and i'm just trying to r recall how did they actually promote that back in the day to n notify you that you could was there something on one of the backings of the action figures or like how did how did we know or how did i know through with my parents help to go ahead and order that i that's what i'm trying to figure out how did where was that communicated i i'm pretty sure it was on the front i think there was a little blurb in the corner Okay. That, sh that showed him, and I'm sure I, we we could certainly look it up. But um, uh, I, and I actually wanted to look up. I'm gonna go check right now. Check my email because I wanted to look at that link that I sent you because I I wanted to go through yeah. some of the um, some of the uh, the the ships and and things themselves because there was again, like I said, I had a lot of stuff and I was very. Um, very thankful for everything that I had, but I by no means and and it's crazy too. And we'll we will absolutely talk about GI Joe at some point on this show because you and I both love GI <laughs> Joe so much. But um, I had almost everything for GI Joe, but yeah. um, there was a lot of stuff I I didn't have for uh, for Star Wars, and and that's you know I'm not it's not like it ruined my childhood or anything, right. <laughs> but 
but it is interesting to just kind of go back and look and, and see what came out that, uh, and I've got pop-ups coming up. I don't know if that's coming through on the recording. If it is, no, I listeners, I apologize. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I wanted to look at some of the, um, some of the vehicles and cause I didn't, I didn't have a ton. So, um, and I'm checking the, uh, if you are not familiar with it, rebelscum.com is a fantastic archive for, for all things Star Wars, especially toys and things like that. So I'm looking through there and, um, for Star Wars itself, there was quite a bit that was, that was released. There was a radio controlled Jawa sand crawler. I never uh-huh. saw anybody with that, but that would have been nope. cool. I wanted to be in a friendship with someone who did have that. <laughs> Uh, it right. never happened, and I think I may have known one person who had the um, the sand crawler, but it was not the automatic one. It was not oh, the okay. RC one. So I was still jealous, obviously, but yeah. I was always curious about the remote control. But I was very curious about all remote control things back in the day, yeah. especially yeah. when it related to Star Wars things. Like, how is this going to work? And I remember seeing pictures of it, obviously years later, of like the little handheld controller and just how very fragile that piece of plastic was and the little wire that basically did to guide it through but <laughs> yeah yeah i never had i i kind of forgot that one existed uh i had darth vader's tie fighter i did not have a regular tie fighter did did you have a tie fighter at all i the i strangely enough had no tie fighters i had the x-wing fighter was i think my first it was the land speeder and the tie fighter uh rather sorry the um X-Wing were my t- first two small ships, one yeah. obviously terrestrial level and one, and then one in the atmosphere. So, Yeah, I had the speeder. I, I think that was probably the first thing outside of an action figure that I got. I And I, I actually still have my land speeder. That's one of the few things I still have. Um, nice. It's, uh, it's pretty beat up, but I do still have it. Uh, yeah, I had the Vader TIE Fighter, which I liked a lot, but it was... His has the iconic uh, wings, you know, yes. that are shaped differently. So I kind of played with it as all Tie Fighters, but um, uh, but but then again, I was always bothered by the the regular Tie Fighter was white. I don't know why they did that. Um, right. Because uh, the Vader one was gray. The Vader one looked yeah. like it came out of the movie. But exactly, um, yeah. They for some reason again, no, not sure who made that executive decision to go with the, you know, plastic white as opposed to gray which match more what's happening in the film. Yeah, maybe it was to di- differentiate between the Vader ones so that cuz I know a lot of times stuff like that was dumbed down for parents more than kids. Like it Probably was right. Yeah, to help them, you know, not think I already bought you this, you know, and it's Right. It's like no, this one's different. <laughs> this one's white. Right. This is no you we're getting to a point of having surplus toys here. No more like no, that's not. No, it's yeah. different. Please, mom, please. <laughs> Uh, there was, uh, there was obviously the Millennium Falcon, which is, yeah. um, I, I did have the Falcon. I remember getting the Falcon for my birthday. Nice. Uh, that was a, that was a big one. And I, I just remember absolutely loving that, that toy. Cause it was, it was so, there was so much to it. They, they made it so you could, you could reenact stuff from the movie and you could like, there was even the gunner seat and there was even the, the chess set, uh, yes. and, and, and the, the or yes, yeah. the drop down bay, which was much yeah. you know, smaller uh, on the toy, obviously, than in the film. The the one thing that I really wished, I mean, there were several things. I'm just looking back, things that broke on my Millennium Falcon, which caused great frustration early on and also enabled me to become very handy with a super glue at a younger age, repairing <laughs> things. You know, the turret on top, basically, the gun had a the way it was like a three prong one side was three prong the other one was had three holes and you stick it in it ended up breaking and i had to re-glue it and then it never quite sat properly after the break um 
the drop down bay uh, where you can walk the figures up and down. That ended up getting getting a tape job years later. Something happened on the hinge. Uh, the sound went on mine. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I forgot that it had yeah. sound. You're right. Yeah, had, I like, totally the, forgot that. Big, the big batteries, and I ended up, you know, taking the batteries out and using that uh, battery area as a transport mechanism to <laughs> play along with the storylines that I was creating. I would definitely put, you know, you know, smuggling an, uh, a figure in that part of the ship versus on, under the hidden floor. You know, there was there was. Uh, endless things you could do within the, that very small confined space that they provided us with. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of my stuff, uh, stuff broke or got lost. I remember the, um, the little arm with the, had kind of like a little plastic ball on the end that was supposed to mimic Luke, um, you know, training with the, the, uh, yes. the seeker droid there. Uh, right. that, that was gone probably fairly early. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the posts for some reason, cause they're fairly big, but the posts on the, uh, that that kind of held the the ramp in place. Yes, gone. Um, yeah, a lot I, of the other stuff I did okay with, but yeah, some some stuff. Yeah, who knows? The one, the, the one thing that was tried and true was the drop down handheld bar that you could do the navigation with it. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was one of the three legs of the thing, but obviously went up perfectly and came down. So that was great. I did have issues with one of the rear, uh, one of the one of the rear um, uh, landing, balancing landing legs. Yes, one of the legs ended up falling or breaking and what have you. And that, again, caused me to lean the ship in different ways uh, <laughs> when playing outside. <laughs> yeah. I had the um, – it's funny because I, I, I obviously – obviously I was younger for Star Wars toys. But I think about my, my G.I. Joe stuff, and I guess it's because by the time G.I. Joe came out, I think it was 82. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I was nine, so I guess I was taking better care of stuff. But I, I didn't lose – I didn't lose hardly anything or break hardly anything for G.I. Joe, but but Star Wars, crazy stuff went missing because I'm looking – like I had the X-Wing. I lost the canopy. I have no idea what oh, the, yeah. the canopy was, and that drove me crazy. Yeah, you can't really fly an X-Wing without the canopy. <laughs> no, no, even even with his goggles down. That's, right. that's still – that's not safe. Right, right. <laughs> uh, there's an Imperial Troop Transporter, I, I think okay. – um, I'm glad we're talking about this. I did not have this. I don't know anybody that did either. I, neither did I, and it was the one toy that, and I was actually right before we uh, we started talking, I actually looked online at a few images, and my God, could that thing transport figures? There was a lot of figures to be had in that in that vehicle, uh, in the in the cockpit as well as in the back. It was literally built for transporting figures. One of the big, one of the biggest ships I never had in my, in my collection was the Rebel Transport. Yeah, it's it's weird because it um it wasn't in the movie, uh mm -hmm. it's it's uh and it had a whole bunch of sounds and stuff. It's mm -hmm. got a it's got like a prisoner compartment. It's got all kinds of stuff. I yeah, I, it's a it's a weird one that they made because I I wonder if it was maybe from although I don't think I've ever seen any concept drawings for it, but mm -hmm. I, I just wonder where that one came from. Um, but that was that was everything they released under the actual like for the first movie, and then we get into Empire, and right. you start getting some some really amazing stuff. Like, I, and the granddaddy I think of all for probably Star Wars and Millennium Falcon's obviously up there, but right. I think the Adat has to be Ugh. has to be number one. I never had it. I never had the Adat, and I had two friends that did, and it was basically when I would hang out, I would be in control of that because they lived <laughs> with it. And I only got to play it's with it. Fair. It's it was only fair. fair, right? And fantastic toy. Even when they came out eventually with the uh, the Adat Scout, the smaller version yeah. from Return of the Jedi, that one was super cool. But I always was envious of those who had the actual Adat because that thing was a monster of a of a toy. Large. It 
it just looked as ominous as it did in the films and in the remix that, that, that they've done. So that was a wonderful actual, you know, toy to be able to move your figures around and, and fight others. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was such a cool one. And actually the one, and I'm a little surprised, maybe, maybe as I got older, this became one of my favorites, but um, maybe it wasn't when I was a kid, but the, the rebel snow speeder is one of my all time favorite uh, things yes. in, in star Wars period. And I, I didn't have that either. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's that's uh, one of the few smaller ships that I did have, and I was that one was cool. You had the you know uh, pilot in the front, uh, 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 gunner in the back. It had yeah. the canopy, and I remember the the button again. Another to- another uh, Star Wars toy that was sound making, and I believe, if I recall correctly, I think there there was some light up on the two lasers in the front. I think there I think was you're right. Light up. So it made a gentle. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it made noise or, but I know for a fact it did have the lights that light up on the front of that, which was always a neat little. Um, and it had definitely had better uh, landing uh, capabilities for um, for playing with it and negotiating with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I think it had the. Um, I don't. I don't think it fired or anything, but I think it. Yeah, didn't it have the grappling hook? It had the grappling hook. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's such a that's such a cool. It's just it's I just love the design on that. I, I I've always really liked that one. Uh, it's funny I'm looking through the Empire Strikes Back stuff. I didn't I didn't get a ton of stuff. Maybe I was still getting other things from you know because I can't remember exactly when I got what. But I, I, I didn't I didn't get a ton of stuff from Empire Strikes Back. I I another one that I would have loved to have as a kid is uh, Boba Fett's ship, the Slave One. I never <sighs> had that. I only got that uh, probably 25 years later with the multiple <laughs> releases. Yeah. Um, and that I, you know, even as an adult uh, in my apartment, I actually had that back when I was living in Massachusetts. I would play with it. And it was just something because I never had that as a child. And I think I had one friend who had it, but for some reason that toy never came out. I'm not sure why that was the case. But getting it as an adult basically filled the void of that very long stretch of not having slate one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was such a, it's such a cool looking ship it's too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Versatile, the way it flies, the way it, you know, hooks on the back of, uh, you know, uh, you know, when it was tracking, what was it in empire? Um, yeah. when it, they were tracking. So, I mean, it's just a fantastic vehicle. And then like the little frozen and carbonite Hoth figure yeah. was quite remarkable to have that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The Han and carbonite was like, just so i think that was a big reason i wanted it because i would always i i even i even one time froze a han figure in the freezer like in a bowl (laughs) to kind of mimic that but um yeah actually having it would have been would have been so cool yeah i didn't have that i didn't have uh you mentioned the scout walker that came out in the empire uh stuff too because it is briefly on scene um on the screen in empire strikes back the battle of hoth for about two seconds yes um but they did produce it i didn't have that i had a friend that had that so i did get to play with it uh i didn't have the rebel transport that was kind of a big um a big one that they did uh, they did a battle damage X-wing fighter, which was cool. It was like from from landing on Endor, which I thought was neat. I didn't have that right. one though. No, nope, me neither. And the one thing I did have, uh, I did have the twin pod cloud car from Best. Yes, Man, which was the Best in Beauty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird design, but it's but it's it's also cool because it's it's really not like anything else in Star Wars. Right. If you think about it, it's a there doesn't seem any to be any rhyme or reason to the design of having two identical pods, but pods, right, right, right. But it was such a, it was just so cool looking. Oh, it totally was. And they're um, 
the pilots were cool too. And you, you don't even see them on screen. You can see no. just like through the canopy, you can see like their helmets, but of course they had the, the full figure. And that was one of the coolest figures too. Cause it, again, it, it didn't look like anything else. It was right. uh, it had kind of a cool helmet and a, like the, the goggles and, and all yeah. in white. They, they right. just, they looked really cool. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't have that. Uh, and they did, um, they did Darth Vader's Star Destroyer and an Imperial Cruiser, but they were, I don't even know, these, like, the, there's not even links to view what these look like, so I don't uh, even know what I, those were. I had the Star Destroyer, and that was probably the second coolest larger ship that I had next to the Millennium Falcon. That was cool. It had, it was weird, because uh, where the, where you would think the Emperor would sit, or where Vader sits, the in the upper, when he's coming out of the pod in the film, and the, the, you have, like, the smoke coming up, and, he, and his helmet comes down, they had that option um, in it. Plus that you that another it was another noise making you know uh, action ship. Uh, it had a drop down pink color plastic, which I believe was supposed to represent some sort of communication. Oh, okay, aspect. like a hologram screen, or like something a hologram like that. screen. So yeah. that slide back and forth, that kind of dropped down. It had the gun, uh, uh, kind of a the phaser gun on the front of it. I mean, it definitely had the shape of it. But based on you know what we know what we've seen in the films, those are such massive vehicles. They probably you know that was would be like the uh, the for was GI Joe the the flag yeah, the USS flag yeah they yeah. they would have to have something that large, which they weren't probably you know budgetary reasons why to go right. and right. do something at that time in, in in the game. But yeah, that one was a pretty cool um, uh, spaceship to have. Yeah, that's cool. I I think I remember now. I think I remember what it looked like. It was almost it was almost triangle. Yes. shaped right yeah yep. yeah it was almost like a playset type of thing it was really. more of a playset because you you yeah. know you it had two sides for the you know, just you know have the action figures you know stationed there various parts on it um i ended up using where you put the big batteries in on the top where it would make the noise as an additional turret for a for a figure to be seated because you just remove <laughs> the batteries and you just sit them up on top there and you have another watch uh, a, a character who's watching so i took things at a slightly different level when i played <laughs> nice uh, and we'll we'll go back to the playsets too because there's a couple of big things that we haven't yeah. talked about. But I, I was just going through some of the the vehicles here. Um, so for for Jedi, they put out. Uh, a, I I was I think I had phased into because Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. That's right when GI Joe was yes. was hitting its stride. So I think right. I had kind of phased out because. I of the the vehicles released for Return of the Jedi, I did not own any of these. They did a battle damage Tie Fighter. Okay. Um, I didn't yeah, have never that. Had that. They did a B-wing fighter, which is a really cool ship, but I did not have that. Did not have that, right? They did three little, uh, like Ewok, uh, little like mini things: the uh, Forest Ranger, a catapult, and a glider. Didn't have any of those. Same here, right? Uh, they did the Imperial shuttle, which is which is a cool one. That was a big one. That was a big one, and uh, again, I think one or two friends may have had that, and that was again like Slave One didn't quite come out and play us, <laughs> which I'm still a little. <laughs> little concerned about why were we not playing with such a majestic toy <laughs> <laughs> uh they did a y-wing fighter y-wing's one of my favorites i never had the y-wing either did not have that as well yeah they did the tie interceptor and then one thing i don't even consider this a, i mean i know it's technically a vehicle there was one thing i had i had the speeder bike i did have a i um, did have the speeder bike as well it, it almost sounds like you and i were phasing out <laughs> or transitioning as, as the case would be from one you know, universe to another because I am. It's almost as you're describing this. It's um. I'm seeing the transition of wow. GI Joe is now this mega thing that is 
attainable and accessible right next to said Star Wars figures in the store, and the displays were phenomenal. So I think I was doing the same thing with with uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, very some of the smaller uh, vehicles. You know, because I think that the speeder bike that was probably one of the coolest scenes in any film. Oh yeah. Uh, at the time, and then to be able to have it that little trigger button in the back of it and have it be able to explode, and then just have your everything go and then everything snaps back together. I mean, how, how cool was that? Yeah, that was a really well-designed one too that, and it wasn't like some of those to, to obtain the functionality of it. Like I, I think about some of the transformers and stuff, they were very clunky. Yes. The, the speeder bike was easy. I think it was maybe three pieces right. that all snapped back together really mm-hmm. easily and, and triggered easily, but was, yeah. was one of those things where you, you like made it explode a few times and it didn't work anymore. It, it, right. it, it was very well made. It's it well made and stood the test of time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, action figure wise, too, you could tell I was starting to think about that too. I, you could tell I was transitioning to GI Joe because there were, up until up through Jedi, uh, there were, I don't I don't think there were any action figures that came out that I did not get. I think I had every Star Wars figure until Jedi. And then in Jedi, I, I didn't end up with, um, I think they put out several Ewoks. There were some Ewoks I didn't have. It's hard. I can't remember because some of them were Power of the Force, which came later when it was dwindling. But um, so, yeah, I was definitely I was definitely in a transition to G.I. Joe phase, but still getting a lot of the cool Star Wars stuff. Yes. Yep. Same here. <laughs> so. One thing I did have, even though there were some other holes in my collection, one thing that I did have that I absolutely loved, and switching gears to, to the play sets now, I had the Death Star, which, yes, yeah, oh, it was so, that that was such a great toy. It, it was, really it, was. With three or four levels, three? Three, yeah, because you had, so the upper level was, uh, they had, had a giant cannon. Yes. Uh, the middle level was where you, it had like a walkway, and then you could, Take the bridge out. Yes. Yep. To swing and across. Then, yep. And then below that was like the um the control room area. It right. had like two control panels with the yep. trap door that went to the um the uh, to the trash compactor. Yeah. Yes. So. And the the coolest thing was the elevator. The elevator actually worked. I mean, you, by kid power, but it locked yes. in place. You could right. lock it in right. place on each floor. My my only I'm looking back at that, and I know it was not the right time for them to do something because you know kind of what we spoke about earlier about how in-depth the G.I. Joe Hasbro line got with making the details of some of their playsets. I would have loved for the Death Star um, to be... It would have been great to have a, a round component that opened up so you could have multiple sides of it to play with. Yeah. Um, and then kind of like you know what the... What the um, yeah, the Darth Vader figure holder was back in the day. You know, it, uh, yes. multiple sides to it. That would have been fantastic to have a kind of two-sided, um, you know, uh, and then it snaps back together when you're done and, and done for the playing. But have it cylindrical, but have it be able to be situated on the floor. I, I would have loved to have seen something uh, concept-wise for that to come out because that would have brought us a little closer to what, kind of what we saw in the film. Yeah, and again, that was one where they took the, the one side of it because it was, it was kind of triangle-shaped again yes. with the, the point of it being the um, the elevator. And the backside, they had the, the cardboard, which, again, yes. gave you scenes from the movies. Mine, I don't know if I just took it off or it started to get beat up or whatever, but I mine, I don't ever rem- – I mean, I know I've got it brand new, so I had it. I don't yes. ever remember that being on there. Maybe I didn't like it. Maybe I never put it on. I but. think it was of the same opinion. It, it, it served its purpose very early on, but then it was kind of restrictive because – it, you know, it blocked off kind of looking out. So if you were, you know, behind it, it was definitely impeding. If you were having friends and playing and battling, you couldn't really see what was going on. So having those removed 
was much more easy to kind of you know play in the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, such a the, I mean, the overall design was just so good. The trash compactor had like a you could twist, um, you know, yes. had like a screw system where you could twist, and it actually the walls moved in. And do you, do you remember what uh, came uh, with it for quote unquote trash? Do you remember? Yes, what was I in there? do. It was. <laughs> Well, obviously, we had the creature. Uh, that was yeah. the one. But I believe it was, um, was it multicolored foam? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was. Yep. I don't know what ever happened to the foam. Somehow that disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember that ever being. I also remember <laughs> my kid brain thinking, this would be cool if I filled it with water. And, of course, the water just came right out because it yeah, was not, was it was, no, it was right. not t- airtight. There was the one door and the plastic on the sides that you could kind of yeah. cut. But, yeah, it would never held. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about the um, – you know, my, my Star Wars toys are, are long gone, unfortunately, except for the speeder. I do have all my action figures, but that, nice. the, the play sets and all that stuff is gone. But I hung on to the the rubber, uh, the Dianoga, the, the trash compactor yeah. monster. Yeah. I hung on to that for 30 years until as a couple years ago, I was like, oh, people pay a lot of money for parts to these things. Let me see what I could get. I think I got $75 for it on nice. eBay. <laughs> Like, yeah, right. I mean, it's you. You do what you got to do. I mean, the memory stays up here. That's the beauty of the world we live in now, because we can now go back and look on eBay. We can find the what you know, rebel scum. We can find people <laughs> yeah. who have maintained or and or purchased and you know revisited their childhood and now have built up these wonderful visual visual things for us to go ahead and look at. Like that was me back then. So that's yeah, no no yeah. fault for uh for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I um. Yeah, I don't feel bad about it. It's because, uh, like you said, it's not. And, and you know what? I'm hoping, hopefully, my hope is that it was a collector trying to complete one. Complete. You know what I mean? And not just yep. not a dealer who's going to flip it and try to make right. money, but someone who, up. someone who needed that for their yes. star. So right. that, that's my hope. Right. Um, they also for for Star Wars they did uh, one that again I never had and I always thought was neat, but um, I didn't know anybody had it. But is the uh, the droid factory, where you could actually build droids. I remember the picture of it in the catalog, but never yeah. actually did it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was – boy, those catalogs, we could do a show on those itself. Oh, just cause they I were just like the- to see what those catalog pages – because I remember, you know, mom or dad would basically be um, – they, they had a drawer in their bedroom that had linens and whatnot. I had repurposed one of their drawers to hold onto old catalogs. <laughs> And I actually caught one of my, I think it was my mom at the time, you know, opened it up and realized, why do we have all these old calories? Don't touch those, I remember. because <laughs> Those, are, those are my treasures. Those are the treasures, and they all had the folded pages, so you didn't have to go through the 800 pages of the catalog <laughs> to get to where you need to get to. There was the bicycle section, and then there was the Star Wars <laughs> section. They all had their, you know, the kind of dog-eared page down to get to them. So I, you know, distinctly remember holding on to those way longer, probably way into the late 80s at that point than I should have held on to them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think it was the Sears one. One of them was called, like, the Wish Book, and it was, it was absolutely perfectly named because you you, yes. would just, you would just study those. and, and They just... were the guides that got us to know what existed and how are we going to cover this. Is this a birthday? <laughs> is this an Easter toy? Uh, is this a Christmas stuffing request? I mean, it was all those things uh, put together um, and built the dreams out throughout the year when the you know, catalogs were almost as important to get as the toys themselves because they were the, the visual guides as what we needed to know what was coming that wasn't in the store shelves when we would go. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were, they were so valuable. 
Uh, we already talked about the Cantina one. And so there was Land of the Jawas. That was another of the play sets. Right. Um, that is either, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have that one. That one, I think it came with, um, I think it had the backdrop that was the sand crawler and with like a yes. little like push-up elevator that you could you could go up in the middle of it. And I think it had the escape pod that R2 and C-3PO escape. I, I think that yes. came with those. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have that one. Empire, they did a bunch. Oh, one of my favorites that they did for Empire was uh, the Dagobah set. Did you yes, have that one? I did have that one. That I was love phenomenal. That one. Yeah. That one was cool because, again, they would they would pack a lot of, like, movie recreation stuff into a small area. Like, yes. it had it had the – I remember it had the quicksand, which was, again, it was foam with, like, some – like, an X cut in it so you could actually stuff a figure or R2 yes. in there. Right, right. Uh, there was like a, a couple of the dueling platforms where you'd stick the figures feet in the pegs and then like move them around and they'd fight. Um, it had uh, these little wires where you could put R2 and it came with like crates and stuff and you pressed yes. it and it made them levitate like Luke was using the force. Yes. And then inside, if you, if you took the, like the root, you know, Yoda's house, if you took that off inside, it had like, um, like a little, almost like a little table uh, yes. from a tree stump type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, they just, they packed a lot into those. And I remember playing with that one a ton. And I, it's funny because I remember when playing with that set, but then somehow convincing my parents, can we somehow expand this? So I was able to get help from mom and dad to basically build a kind of a diorama uh, of a much larger using real tree twigs and so forth to uh, duplicate more of what Dagobah looked like, dingy, dirty, boggy, um, and we, we they did it right, and we I that playset extended onto kind of the one that actually Kenner produced, um, and it was fantastic. And I just I, that I were uh, you just talking about the various components and how detailed it was, and I just decided to mom and dad can we take it a little more detailed further, and uh, I remember collecting the twigs out in the yard and like we're gonna use all of these. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, so they they did a couple of Hoth ones too. Uh, I think I had both of those. One came with the turret and and the yes. probe droid, yep. which was cool. But that that brings me to another question. I we grew up in Maine. Uh, obviously, we got lots of snow. I oh, was yeah. a take your kid, take your toys out uh, and and play in the um, in the snow with my stuff. Did you do that? Absolutely. Uh, I was very careful. Uh, as I think we probably both were to protect, you know, if there was a snow bank and we were building a snow fort to make sure that, you know, parts of the toy, cause I, the, the, the rebel probe droid had the pop off head. So it kind of stuck in to his lower half. So you had to be careful with not losing those components. But I was, was very much, I, I recall figures made it out, ships made it out. Uh, but the weapon, the small, like the handheld weapons, those types of things, I was super careful if they had a weapon, they had to be on a ship. It had to. I was actually monitoring the guns and the weapon <laughs> more so than anything, because losing those in the snow is basically losing them forever. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because you would. <laughs> it's funny how you would do that stuff with, like, and by you, I mean all of us. Right. Uh, you would take such care with certain things, and then I think about stuff like us, like as kids, just digging tunnels in the snow in general and not even thinking about it collapsing on us or whatever. Right. But, but we were going to be absolutely sure that every gun that goes out right. <laughs> for a star Wars figure <laughs> makes it because, back inside. Um, Cause it sounds like, I mean, you, you sounds to me like you respected everything that you had. I mean, everything that was bought yes. for you, you took good care of it. I did the same thing. 
Um, and this leads me to that one portion that I mentioned to you last week that I wanted to briefly discuss of um, that the sadness and how upset one gets when you lose a key component of a figure. And one of the uh, things that I lost um, in the woods uh, at my folks camp in central Maine often, you know, would play out in the woods by myself. We had a running stream in the backyard. So I was able to kind of duplicate a lot of the star Wars world, especially, you know, Endor. Um, and I lost Daniel Calrissian's helmet uh, from uh, the Jabba's palace. The, the helmet that comes down. Oh yeah. The, 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 the kind of the tooth mask. He w- I had him stationed on a large rock and he fell into the water and, oh, no. and, you know, he had, I was able to get to him, but the sand bed, I mean, the water was clear, but the helmet was gone and I scoured, I dammed up the water to, <laughs> to find it. I mean, I did a complete search and rescue effort to find that helmet <laughs> and the damn thing is, it's probably that, you know, in a million years, you know, not that it's going to be found as an artifact, but that, that plastic helmet, that thing that fits so perfectly on his smaller head, because, yeah. you know, the, you know, and Lando, again, tying back in, was another one who had a cape, basically, yeah. a restrictive <laughs> yes. cape. He had the gray or the blue cape. Yeah. But yeah, that, uh, the uh, Jabba's Palace helmet on that figure was as important as uh, Leia's character's Boosh, her helmet that came down. So both of those two characters had the coolest helmets that revealed who they were beneath them. And, but you also had to take super care. And I did until that one moment when he fell into the water, you know, he, he survived his helmet didn't. And I oh. to this day remember <laughs> that being a very rough weekend. Uh, Cause you know, you can't replace, it wasn't like, you know, what kind of what G, the GI Joe toy lines did later. Uh, you would have like action pack sets where you could get yeah. in different colors. You couldn't get replacement helmets. You know, you couldn't right away per se. Hey, I lost a helmet. Could you send it? Because it just didn't work like that. Yeah, and well, and it's funny too because those that that Lando helmet and and the the Bausch one that you mentioned from Leia, those those two, I think that was the first time they did that where you actually had a removable oh, item, so, and yeah. they were so cool. And I just I just uh, I had a vision of uh, young Brad uh, with a little missing poster with the picture of the uh, of the helmet, like talking to the local <laughs> beavers and things like that. Have you, does anybody have this? Is does this anyone have your, this? Is this in your lodge? There's a re- there's a reward. Please, yeah, I, help, I will help trade you this. <laughs> many sticks. If I can get this helmet back, yes, uh, that is that. Uh, yeah, losing losing stuff like that, and yeah, it takes me back to like the and, and the helmet's even cooler, but yeah. like that Jawa blaster that I lost. Yeah, it's yeah, it it was devastating, and I remember. Um, it be, and it's so funny because I as a kid, your your brain doesn't a lot of times think rationally about these things because I remember. Um, even though I would get new figures all the time, the thought of a replacement figure for one, because Han Solo always been my favorite character, yeah. and I, I played that was always my favorite figure. My favorite of all of them was the uh, the best pin outfit, Han. Yes, absolutely. That was the one I played with the most. I played with it so much that the arms got loose and they wouldn't stand yep. up anymore, and I was devastated. And it never occurred to me to be just like, you know what, hey, Nana, next time instead of getting me a new figure, I would really like this one replaced. That never occurred to me. <laughs> Same here. I mean, for both the the, the Bespin Han and the original Han Solo uh, from Star Wars with the black vest and white shirt, those ones lost the most amount of paint and swivel action for the arms and the legs. They were the most limber of the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same for me. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. The um. <laughs> uh, it's great. It it is funny to to think about that because and that 
I, I think I was an adult later on when I thought actually thought about it. I was like, why didn't I ever just say, hey, could I maybe – this is my favorite one. Could I maybe get another one of these? And that right. probably would not have been a big deal. But it right. never it, – that never occurred to me. It just – I just – it felt like, oh, oh, this is the end for, for right. this. Because I, I look back, too, and, like, having some duplicate figures, like, obviously having a couple stormtroopers was always yeah. cool. Having a few Bespin guards uh, in their Bespin outfits, the blue outfits were cool. I had, you know, a couple of the um, X-Wing fighters, uh, and but but I never, I'd say likewise, I never thought, could this be replaced? You know, um, could you get this for me? Could we get a replacement figure? Because of the wear and tear that they had, those ones, you know, they start to, you start to see, you know, the uh, underbelly of the uh, initial coat, the, uh, the baseline yeah. coming through, but, you know, to never get to the level of, you know, saying, could this be replaced? It's just, it, it's keep going forward and maybe try to <laughs> involve that figure, but maybe not use them as much as you do. Try to focus yeah. on other things to balance out the, uh, the wear and tear. Yeah. And, um, you mentioned the paint, the paint rubbing off. I remember on my, the original Han Solo from Star Wars, um, the white vest, mine was worn down to black, I think, by, yeah. by the end. <laughs> and uh, that was another thing. I had there were two heads. They put out two different heads for Han. Do you, um, do do you? I remember which I had the bigger one, and I didn't know until like I got to college and like the internet became a thing, and mm-hmm. and that's where I started to learn more about like um well a lot of things, but right. uh, but <laughs> but but for the Star Wars figures like the different collectible things, I had no idea there was a different Han head that was smaller. I had the big one, and I of course the, neither of them looked like Harrison Ford. But. No, I I mean I distinctly remember I had the small head, but then I remember uh, a friend having the larger head, and you know it, it was funny the. The hair on the larger head one was impressive. He had like you know quite the head of hair, whereas <laughs> yeah. the smaller Han, the, like the very like almost diminutive head, had it was a very very small haircut versus yeah, the like other feathered, head. yeah, yeah, totally feathered, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, they did some running changes. I guess they were different, like different Obi Wans too that had either white hair or gray hair, and Luke had either brown hair or yellow hair. They yes. they they did a bunch of running changes like that. Um, so just looking back at the playsets, there there weren't. I think we covered Empire Return of the Jedi. I didn't get any of the playsets. The big one there was was the Ewok Village. I did have. I mean, I guess it's a playset. The Jabba the Hutt one. Jabba kind of came with his his dais and which like had a trap door that right. You could, it swung up, which was stupid because it's like you right. had to take Jabba off to do it. But right, right, yeah. You you you're gonna go up into the Rancor pit or in what? No, you're gonna go down. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did have that though. Uh, but I didn't. I had friends that had the Ewok Village. I do remember playing with it. And again, it had a ton of cool stuff. I remember it had like a big rock that you could drop and nets and yes, and things nets. like that. I remember that as well. Yeah. One of the things I want to ask you about too, I I had one of these. I'm trying to find on Rebel Scum what they're listed as. They were they were called. I know Kenner called them um, like in-house called them quote unquote just off camera. And they were they were things that they designed that um, uh, weren't in the movies, but just little things that they could sell. Uh, I don't see them. Fill in the gaps. Yeah, they were. Mini rigs. That's why they're under their own thing. They were called mini rigs. Okay. So they, I had the the one called the was it the Captivator? No, I had. Uh, oh, I had the Interceptor. Um, and they were kind of cool. And it's neat to look. The one of the cool things on Rebel Scum is that they actually tell you how much these cost at the time. So this little mini rig was it was five bucks. I mean, obviously different. You know, money's obviously changed with inflation and everything. But still, five five bucks for a neat little. Neat little flying thing is, is kind of cool. Right now, and I had two of the three that right. I mini rigs. I had the little one that it looks like a small tank. 
Yeah, that one was cool. I didn't that have that one. That one was awesome, cause, but I lost the little, I think the bubble top that goes over, I just think remember that getting lost, and then you just have yeah. the exposed figure whose head is sticking up. And I had the flying one that had the kind of the thrusters that you could tilt down. Um, yeah. That one obviously was fantastic. I just think remember that was always used in escape scenarios for my figures <laughs> because you had like the little front part of it that dropped down. It was kind of like a step to get the figure in and then yeah. boom, get up and out with that. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, I I never uh, like I, I don't know. I was trying to think. I don't I don't think that ever bothered me. Stuff not being in the movies, you know right. what I mean? That they put out. I I think I was okay with that because I would mix stuff too. Like I would I remember you know using some some Star Wars stuff with GI Joe and vice Absolutely. versa and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I think we covered all the stuff. I uh, and that was all I had written down for stuff. Where so I and we've kind of covered the favorites, but I mean, was there? I think for both of us, probably action figures wise, it sounds like we we probably nailed it with the Han Solo one. But um, I I also would throw in a, an honorable mention, definitely for Boba Fett. I early yeah. on, I mean later with like you know spinoffs and comic books and novels and things, they kind of not really made him a good guy, but they they certainly used him a lot. And sure. my thing as a kid was like, oh, if he's a bounty hunter and he's working for money maybe the rebels are paying him and he's working with them now so i used boba fett as a good guy because he was just such a obviously a cool character but a great action figure too absolutely great i mean i same thing you know when i would use him in both capacities he would be uh the bounty hunter who could be bought for the highest dollar value and he definitely played both sides and i had no question about him you know giving the allegiance to where the highest dollar value was going to go so i mean i he definitely i had him going back and forth um between the good and the bad, but at the same point, um, you know, he, I always kind of kept him elusive. You know, when I, when I would unite the, the bounty hunters, uh, together from like when, when that one scene from empire, when you see them lined up on the, yeah. on, on star destroyer and you know, you've got Bosk IG 88. Um, and then, you know, I, I think I had, I didn't have all of them, but I had the majority of uh, the bounty hunters and obviously Boba Fett hands down was just the coolest looking, you know, his kind of robotic click on click off voice just kind of, kind of set him more on the alignment of kind of being human, but having these kind of really neat capabilities. And I think that definitely translated into the figure aspect of it as well. Yeah, and the, that mystery, you know, that air of mystery around him was because you get so little screen time from him in Empire, yes. and then, then of course, in, in Jedi, he it's kind of a sad yeah. ending. But um, but he it just there was so much that you didn't know about him, and it's like, where right. did he get all this cool stuff on right. his, you know, on his uh, on his outfit? He's got all these neat things, and and the figure had a lot of the stuff on it too, and right. So yeah, he was he was definitely he and and Han from uh, from Empire the Best Pin one. Those were absolutely my two favorites. Um, did you uh, did you have a favorite ship or playset or what was what was the thing that got the most use? Do you think? I'll be honest. Like I enjoyed the the Hoth the the two Hoth playsets that we only briefly touched on those. Uh, the one that had the exploding it had like the turret basically. Yeah. Uh, but it had the exploding uh kind of area where you could put a figure in and then you hit the button and it explodes. I thought that was fantastic. In addition to the um, the other one, which had the um, uh, the Imperial uh, reconnaissance droid, in addition to uh, the turret, because it had the door you could put figures inside there. You had the yeah, the, and I always you know later on as I was began to evolve in the toy playing portion of it, that turret because it was removable. I mean, you could I, as you recall. Uh, you could turn it; it would make a clicking sound to kind of yep. duplicate the, the 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 sound of the of the of the gun going off. 
that would eventually become a, its own little mini ship. Because I did the same thing. And yes. you could fly it around. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't take long for me to realize, well, there's something more going on here that we can use. It has a, a base shell, but also can be, you know, you can disembark from it and use it to attack. So, yeah. <laughs> I, that's so funny. I did the same thing. Yeah, it was like a little flying saucer with a big gun yeah, on the front. It was totally awesome. Fun. Very formidable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great playset. I remember that because of having a, a cannon and turret. I remember using that with G.I. Joe, too, yes. because it just seemed to make sense. Um, I think... But I, a lot of times I like, and, and when we get to G.I. Joe, well, well, this will come up again. A lot of times it, it wasn't the bigger things that were my favorite things. It was the smaller things. I remember loving just the land speeder. Like yes. I, I used the land speeder a ton because it was, you know, it, it was easy to take it around the house or take it outside or whatever. And it, it held a couple figures. And yeah. I just remember playing with that one. And that's, and again, it was the first one. So maybe that, maybe that help to and maybe that's why i hung on to that one that is like i said that's the only thing i have outside yeah. of the figures that so, was one of my early ones too definitely yeah and i obviously love the falcon and and i i love the death star but the, i think the one that got the most use was was the land speeder yeah nice yeah all right uh is, is there anything else you want you want to talk about i think uh, i hit all the the notes i had um i think that was it for me i mean but it, it's fun too because like i I, and I, I had hoped this would happen, too, is that as we were talking, so many things came back up that I had not thought of in years. <laughs> and that's exactly what I was anticipating as well, that we're going to touch on, uh, you know, like the, the, the two head Han thing. I just I now I like I haven't seen him in probably 30 years, but I know exactly what the small head one looks like. And I remember the large <laughs> yeah. head hair one. I know exactly what they look like. It, that's the beauty of memory recollection. It is there for us forever as long as we have our good faculties about us. But, yeah, that was really funny. You brought that that key point up. Apologies, everybody. We lost the very last few seconds of the episode. Not sure what happened there. So I'm just going to kind of button it up from here. Thank you so much for listening. That is going to do it for episode one of Ego, the 80s Geek Out podcast. For Brad Anderson, my name is Ian Clark. We are wishing that all of your vinyl capes be tape-free. been listening to ego the 80s geek out podcast with ian clark and brad anderson we are a part of the freebooters network check out the freebootersnetwork.com to listen to all the awesome podcasts on the network we also invite you to check out our sponsor geek nation tours at geeknationtours.com and interact with our facebook page to ask questions offer comments and critiques thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time